So we will go through a few of your questions. And uh, I would like to remind you that whenever you don't agree, or if you think that the question has not been understood properly, or if you want to make any comment, you are please welcome. There is no, uh, there is no room for shyness here. So if you want to interfere, it's okay. <laughs> so also to tonight you have a lot of questions, so uh, all of these will not be dealt. So I will I will see with them later. So one question here about the the parinibbana of the Buddha. You know when the Buddha passed away. Uh, Who was the disciple who was able to access the Buddha's mind as he lay dying? So when the Buddha passed away, then the disciple who was able to read the mind is Anuruddha, Venerable Anuruddha. And that monk was supposed to be uh, the number one in the psychic powers, especially the divine eyes and uh, you know, these types of uh, uh, psychic abilities. And the second question is, why did the Buddha enter Parinibbana from the fourth jhana? So, uh, it is said that, uh, you know, dying is not a nice process. It's, uh, you know, it's never uh, very funny. So, those who have a kind of mental uh, uh, mastery, especially those who are able to go in jhana, then this is really the best. So this was the reason why the Buddha chose to enter the jhana. And then among the four jhanas, then the fourth one is the best. So as a matter of comfort, then he used the fourth jhana. And also, I think the question also is related to the why the fourth jhana instead of the arupa jhanas. So the thing is that uh, the Arupa Jhanas, actually, the only difference that is with the, with the other uh, ordinary uh, Rupa Jhana is that uh, only the object is changing, but the mental factors, they remain the same. That is, the, that fourth Jhana is having only the uh, Upekka as the Jhana factors and uh, Ekagata together with the, the other uh, mental concomitant uh, associated with that. And then the third uh, question in the same direction is, why did the Buddha ascend to the eighth jhana? Here actually it is the eighth attainment. And uh, he he descend back down to the fourth jhana before dissolving the iskanda. So I don't know. It means like, like it means that uh, the Buddha was a master of jhana. This is for sure. So he was able to get, you know, the, the jhana very friendly. So those people who are so uh, accustomed to enter an exit, an exit jhana, then they, they enjoy it. But also they enjoy the, uh, you know, I guess well, it's like a music, you know, so you just read your tune, you, you go up and down, huh? <laughs> and then you enjoy every note that, uh, that is being played. So it's possible that it's something like that. And uh, then he went to the eighth jhana, to, to the eighth attainment. Then he came back to the, f- then he came back 
uh, you know, in order from the eighth to the seventh, and then to sixth, and then fifth, and then the fourth rupajana, and then up to the first jhana, and then from there he proceeded to the last rupajana, from the fourth jhana, and then from the fourth jhana he passed away. So. Um, So actually the reason is that he wanted to pass in the most uh, uncomfort, uh, comfortable, uh, unsuffering uh, state of, uh, of mind. So the fourth jhana was the purpose. And uh, I suppose also that he did, not, uh, uh, he did not go into the other uh, arupa jhana because the fourth one is the maximum that the mind could attain. That is, at the fourth jhana, then the mind is not uh, improving the quality of the samadhi, but just changing the object. So, uh, when he passed away, actually, he was also uh, going out of the three types of uh, loka. That means, the three types of becomings, or the three types of uh, mental planes, he was going out of them. So, uh, so, then he didn't need to go into the arupa again. So from the fourth jhana, from the fourth rupa jhana, he will uh, he will go uh, he will go there. I don't know if th th there may be something to add, <laughs> you know, in relating in relation to the jhanas here. Is that? Uh, uh, like I was, I did not check the, 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 the commentaries Pali, I didn't have time, but uh, I look in a book in the English translation and they say, they, 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 they say about Rice Davis, where she was uh, doubting or she was kind of skeptical uh, regarding the possibility of uh, reading the minds or, you know, she was asking why, how can a person read, be able to know what happened to the Buddha? And of course, she said uh, apparently that that Anuruddha was a, a chief in uh, in the psychic powers. So, um, so uh, it's possible to read the mind like this. And they say that uh, there are three ways to read the minds. You know, in the books, the commentaries, they say that there are three ways to to read the mind of other people, and it is. Uh, by way of looking at the at the materiality, so if someone is is a uh, skilled in jhanas, then by looking at another person, he can see the state of mind that is related to the to the manifestation of the body. So uh, the person has so much sensitivity towards the the the, the, the psychosomatic effect of uh, of the mind that uh, by looking at the rupa, by looking at the material quality of a person, he can he can see in which state of mind the person is. So by looking at the, the rupa, he can, he, can, he can guess what is the state of mind. This is one possibility. And also, I mean, according to the commentaries, then another way also is, uh, is to look at the, uh, at the mind itself on the, on the art base. And the, then the, the person is able to see the different colors or the different, uh, uh, you know, the dynamic of the mind. Uh, judge by the by the quality of the of the rupa. And another way also is uh, the person is able to to hear the thoughts 
But in the case of Jhana, then uh, it will be difficult to, to evaluate in that sense because the thinking is not there so much. So can somebody cannot hear the thoughts. So I am just giving uh, these uh, addition because we were taking about, talking about the thoughts, the, different, the, the effect of the thoughts on our body. So what we are thinking is affecting our body. So if we know the different states of uh, mind, how they affect our uh, body, then we can know the mind by looking at the body itself. So uh, this is how it can happen also. Also, uh, it is important here that uh, you see they make the distinction between the first jhana, second jhana, third jhana, and then arupa jhana, because uh, the person who enters jhana also reflects, is aware of uh, the quality of the mind in, in different jhanas. So by making the difference, uh, by making the, 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 the gradation gradual, the progress gradual, then it is very systematic. So they keep it like this, you know, it's like a, a manual shift of uh, changing gears instead of the automatic, uh, you know, speeding up. So uh, when you change the jhana, then if you reflect the jhana factors, then it, it gives more strength to the, uh, to the understanding that is associated with that because uh, the practice of jhana also is associated with, uh, with the insight uh, very often. So the ability or the possibility to reflect all the time that when you are entering or ex exciting, you know, going out of a jhana, if you if you are reflecting the factors, then uh, it gives the the, the, the insight into uh, the mental process that is uh, involved there. Could you describe in some detail the practice of Buddha? Nusati and Dhamma Nusati. So a Nusati is a reflection. It means we are reflecting and then about the Buddha here yeah? and then uh, the second one is uh, about the Dhamma. So I think if we, like it could, be, it could take uh, a long time just to explain how to proceed. If you want some detail, you can read in the Visuddhimagga, they have a chapters. They have a chapter on how to develop it in detail. But uh, the idea is uh, to take a specific quality of the Buddha and then to reflect on that. You reflect on these things and then you, you try to, uh, uh, to develop the, 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 you know, the mental uh, uh, faith, the mental uh, understanding of these qualities. And you try also to, 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 to copy or to, to, to get them inside of, uh, of your mind. So the same thing with the Dhammanusati. So the Dhammanusati, like you have about 10 qualities. Uh, and then, uh, so you can remember, you can learn the, the, the 10 qualities and take one, but reflect on that, you know, like Swakato, Bhagavato, Dhammo, Sanditiko, Akaliko, Eipasiko. So every one of these qualities represents something related to the teaching. And uh, then you take the quality and then, then you remember or you, you try to figure out 
the relation with uh, with what you are uh, uh, re reflecting on and uh, the good qualities of the dhamma will uh, bring uh, the uh, will bring some uh, very good qualities in your mind also and uh, could you also speak about how to cultivate faith so how to cultivate faith uh, so in regard to ourselves, then the motivation, just the fact of uh, coming here, there is an aspect of faith. So if we remember what motivated us to come here and also what uh, uh, supported us to stay here or to be committed and to practice regularly, there is something there that, that really pushes us or something that is inspiring us to practice. So if we try to remember, if we try to, uh, to dig out a little bit uh, these uh, deep and uh, high aspirations, ideas that are motivating us, it's a way to, uh, to, to make it increase and also to, 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 steer up, to steer it up and to, uh, to bring it up again to some quality, to, to, some, uh, to some good degree. Also, uh, if we remember also the people, all of us we have met sometimes, you know, uh, one time, one day or the other, some very inspiring people who had good meditation or who had a lot of wisdom and uh, who are very inspiring to us. And uh, so when we remember such type of people, then, uh, then it's a very good way to, to cultivate uh, you know, the, the aspect of faith in the way that okay, now there are people in the world who are spiritually developed, who are more uh, developed than, than I, and also who have, uh, you know, qualities that are much more uh, developed than, uh, uh, than the normal people. And uh, by knowing that, then also when we read books or when we hear about the, the Buddha or, uh, you know, we are hearing about uh, other uh, people who have, who have had uh, such a, a high state of mind by reading their life or by remembering their life, then also we can uh, develop... Uh, the aspect of faith, so we can cultivate that faith. Just by remembering, like the, the, the anusati, so anusati is, a, is, a, is the possibility to remember, so we just remember these qualities and the fact of remembering them, then uh, it is uh, making them uh, uh, strong. Is there a chance in the future that the Vinaya or whatever could be changed so that the Theravadan bhikkhunis might be ordained again? So, uh, yes, maybe there is a chance. Now you see, we see in the world that uh, the concern uh, for women is uh, a little bit more and uh, there, is a, there is more uh, kind of openness towards that and also a necessity to adapt uh, uh, these old teachings that were actually uh, in the, in uh, in another context and uh, with other values, we need to adapt that to uh, to the modern uh, times. But I think we have to be patient also, and I think also that we have to respect to a certain degree the tradition and not to push too much and try to understand many aspects because sometimes we are very enthusiastic, wanting to change things because things need to be changed. Uh, so. Uh, but there are different ways to do it. 
So I think to, 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 to deal with that with wisdom is very important and also with consideration and respect. So if there is that uh, law, of, if, if, if there is that aspect of respect, then definitely uh, improvement is going to come. But uh, here the challenge is that uh, we are dealing also with a kind of orthodoxy that has been established and then uh, uh, things have to be questioned and uh, th things have to be uh, put in perspective. So some scholars actually are, 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 are working on that. There are some uh, recent books that have been published in, the, in that sense and uh, they, they, they go with the research and with the text and they, they come to a conclusion that is uh, quite original uh, compared to the... Uh, you know, the, 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 the normal belief that we get by just uh, hearing. Anyway, it is good to, to take in consideration uh, the aspect of uh, the, the equality of gender and also to have, the, to have, um, to have respect for, for, I think, for everything. Yes? respect, it's also important for me to um, share the information that um, there's a view and understanding that the Kumunis didn't die out. Um, yes. A, with, uh, I think it's in Taiwan, right? And there yes. Yes. Today in the yes. 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 Yes, yes, yes. This is also like I have, I have seen a book that was published recently and uh, it is by, uh, you know, modern scholars and re very respected scholars and they bring that, uh, that aspect of the teaching. They, they, they take out uh, very old texts and also they deal with, uh, you know, uh, detailed commentaries and uh, they, come to, uh, they come to different uh, conclusions. And also uh, they say that, uh, you know, the, the, the ordination that, that is still uh, uh, available in Taiwan, for example, that is uh, supposedly uh, that is representing the Mahayana tradition, but still, it is uh, according to the rules. Uh, it 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 can be recognized as a as a Bikoni ordination. Yes. Thank you. What is the difference between being a Buddha and being an Arat? So a Buddha has different qualities, and an Arat is just uh, the Buddha is an Arat. That is, he is completely enlightened, and uh, he is free from uh, uh, from delusion and uh, uh, defilements. But uh, also, he has the special qualities of a Buddha that uh, Arat, all Arats, don't have. Also, there are different types of uh, Buddha. You have some Buddha that are just uh, living by themselves and they don't have the possibility to teach. And uh, you have uh, other Buddhas like the Samma, some Buddha, then they have uh, a lot of uh, really uh, special qualities. Could you talk about the monastic practice of contemplating the food before eating? Uh, 
So everything, you know, everything in, uh, in, in, uh, in our meditation needs to be done with reflection. So uh, there is an aspect of reflection that is associated with, uh, with the food. So when we are, uh, when the monks or when uh, we are eating, then we can reflect on the uh, different aspects of, uh, of uh, the input of the food. And uh, uh, some of these reflections concern, uh, you know, just to develop detachment and just to see that actually food is, uh, is something difficult to get and uh, it needs a lot of uh, labor and... Uh, uh, but actually the food has to be used, you know, the reflection has to bring us to understanding that uh, it is just to support uh, this body, you know, to maintain the, the life. So what, what does this entail and what different kinds of practice are there? So it, it, it entails that uh, we are meditating on the food and uh, the different practice also is that the, the food can be seen as repulsive also, but also uh, it can be seen as element. That means that when we are eating, we see that uh, this food is just the uh, uh, element and it is just uh, the material quality of nutrition. So we are using the food and we see that uh, it is just uh, supplying uh, the fuel and the energy for our body. So it can also help us to, to uh, develop mindfulness. So when the mind is attentive to what is uh, going on in the process of eating, then we can be aware of many things we can understand also, and many, many things related to our mind as well. We have read in a book that uh, Venerable Sadiputta uh, retreated in his kuti in sadness when he heard about the murdering and death of Venerable Ma Mogalana. Is it correct that these kinds of emotions still can arise in Ara? Oh. It's difficult to say whether it is sadness or... But uh, also I, I really don't know because Arahat are supposed to be unshakable, so uh, they are free from clinging, they are free from attachments. But uh, whether uh, the aspects of emotions are completely cut off, I am not sure about that. And uh, I will not doubt uh, that, that there was a kind of uh, specific emotion when Venerable uh, Sadibuta lost uh, his childhood friends that, that accompanied him throughout his life. So when his friend died, and also especially that he, death, he, he died out of a murder, then uh, it would have been uh, <coughs> not shaking, but uh, uh, I'm sure he would not uh, uh, go around uh, you know, laughing. And just, he, he, he might have just have at least a feeling of uh, going into, uh, into solitude or you know, just to be by himself. In the suttas, the Buddha often uh, speaks of jhana arising in association, association with uh, viveka, that is uh, seclusion, viraga, 
that is a dispassion, Niroda cessation and Vosagga relinquishment or release. Can you please uh, speak about uh, this sequence and uh, in particular on Viveka and its relationship with the jhana? So, uh, so these uh, uh, mental factors of uh, Viveka, Viraja, Niroda and Vosagga, they are related to the jhana only when uh, it is uh, specific like all of them, all of these qualities they relate it when it is connected with the uh, Samma Samadhi you know, that means uh, also the, the jhana related to inside practice as well and the jhana also related to the Lokuttara uh, uh, Samadhi so uh, So here the viveka especially, that is the seclusion, uh, there are uh, many uh, descriptions or divisions that are given in the text. So one is uh, relating, one is a division of, of three parts and the, the first one is the seclusion from the sense desires. And then uh, uh, So, so many, so many different things that they are explaining, you know, in the text. <coughs> so, uh, the first one is a, is a, is a seclusion from the body. So, the body is getting into retreat. So, you seclude your, your, yourself. So, this is a body seclusion, a body retreat. The, se the second one is a mental type of uh, retreat, and, uh, and then this is it, it. It 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 relates to the jhana, and then the third type of uh, seclusion is the from the substance of uh, circumstance, circumstance of uh, becoming. This is the Nibbana, so uh, this is one type of uh, three division. So body, mind, and, uh, and, uh, and then the, like in the jhana, the suppression is done by the body, also by the mind, and by suppression of the hindrances. So the association with uh, Viveka, Viraga, Niroda and Vosaga is in relation to the Eightfold Noble Path and then also the Sama Samadhi there and also it relates very often to the Seven uh, Bojanga. Here we, have, we will have the Samadhi uh, Bojanga as well and uh, sometimes also it can relate to the Five Faculties. So here as a path factor, they divide uh, the viveka into five. The one is the temporarily uh, viveka, and this is the viveka ins of insight. The second one is the, uh, the suppression type of viveka, that is uh, the entrances are being suppressed when somebody uh, enters jhana. The third one is the uh, viveka of eradication, when somebody enters the path, 
And the fourth one is the Viveka of subsiding, that is the permanently uh, uh, secluded. This is the, the fusion of the path. And then the fifth one is the, the Viveka of the uh, permanent Nibbana. So this is the Nisarana, the escape. Also, Vosaga release is uh, related to the giving up, you know, like a release you are uh, relinquishing in the way of insight and also in the way of uh, when the insight is mature and somebody enters the path. So, mundane and supramundane types of uh, Viveka. You have mentioned that the mind is also an element. Would you please explain, particularly in the context of the four element meditation? So I spoke uh, uh, of the mind element uh, when we dealt with the, with the exposition of the elements, the Datu Vibhanga Sutta, where he speaks about a sixth type of element. So, uh, in that sutta, they divide it in the four. The, the first four, four was the four element, the four physical element. Then you have the space element, and then also the last one was the consciousness element. So, um, so when somebody ex is meditating on the four element meditation. The object is materiality. Also, the mind is, is understanding the material element. And then when this is clear enough, when the, the mind is, is clear enough, then uh, the, the meditation can include also the, the, the mental aspect of uh, the observation. That is, uh, you start to, to be aware of, con of the consciousness that is observing the, uh, this material phenomenon. Also in the 18 elements that, uh, that I spoke about later, then uh, uh, you have uh, divisions, you know, like uh, 10 of the elements were physicals, and uh, then, uh, then six of them also were uh, mental, and then another, uh, the last one actually, seven of them were mental, and then the last one was uh, between the mind and the, and the matter. So the mind itself is an element. So vijnana datu. Yes, I don't know if I reply to the question uh, good enough. I have heard you use the phrase consciousness adverts to. What does this word advert mean? So it's true, I look in the dictionary and it's not there. <laughs> <laughs> so maybe my dictionary is not complete enough. <laughs> but uh, uh, the, the word, the noun, the noun for it is advertence. 
So advertise, there is advertise in the, in the dictionary. So advertisement, uh, that means you are making something, uh, uh, you know, obvious. So to advert means that you, you are paying attention to, uh, uh, to something. So advertence here, it is in relation to the, uh, the, the adverting, the consciousness is adverting to an object. That means that the consciousness is paying attention to one of the, the, the five senses or six uh, with the mind. Uh, the mind also can advert to a mental object. Uh, the, the Pali name is Avajana. So when you are doing the, uh, especially with the Abhidhamma division, when you are doing this uh, type of meditation here, that, that is explained in this context, then you see that uh, the, 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 the conscious, the, the, the door of the mind, uh, is having uh, different types of uh, moment, and then one of the of, of the moment at the beginning, it is the advertence, the adverting the mind is adverting to the object. So there are uh, uh, five door adverting, and also uh, the mental door, mind door adverting. Okay. Yeah. I believe the word comes from Latin, ad meaning to, and vert meaning turn. Yes. Yes, 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 but uh, yes, 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 that's good, that's a good point. I, did, I don't know the, the Pali, Avajana, I don't know uh, what will be the, the relationship there, but maybe something similar to that. Here, if you like, uh, if you like hot question, I have one here. So, uh, actually, two two are connected, or three are connected to the same thing. Uh, is there a chetana without the sense of I or sakaya ditti? So, how do we develop chetana without an ego? So chetana or volition, it is present in every consciousness according to the Abhidhamma. So every type of consciousness is also accompanied, accompanied by, by the volition. And uh, uh, So how do we develop uh, the chetana without an ego, it is by seeing it as not, uh, you know, we develop, we try, to, uh, we try to be detached. As much as we are able to be detached towards the meditation, then also as much we are able also to detach to, uh, towards this uh, identifying ourselves with the volition. So if we are able to detach ourselves with the body when we are meditating, we see Oh, this is just the body, you know, and then just the fundamentals, and then also when it, it, it comes to the mind, then also that attitude can be there, like we are feeling something, so the, the sensations are not... We try to see them as much as possible without the identification of an, of an eye. So this is one way to, uh, to develop the, the volition without an ego. But also, 
the deeper way actually is by uh, the uh, practice of insight meditation so the more we get insight into the process and then the more we are able to uh, to distance ourselves uh, from it and also the more uh, we are able to uh, to see the unsubstantiality uh, uh, of it but also uh, the chetana can be divided in two that is you have uh, as a karmic volition and then we have uh, two types like you have uh, awesome and all unwholesome type of uh, chetana kusala and akusala so um, So I think we need to practice to uh, <laughs> not to be identifying ourselves with the uh, with the volition. So another question related to the same thing. Two questions uh, as the same. Could you talk about free will? Is there really such a thing as free will since everything arises due to cause and conditions? Also, how do the karma and free will relate to one another? And uh, another parallel question, actually, that is almost the same, is uh, as the body and the mind are just impersonal process, anatta, arising and passing away based on causes and conditions, what is the role of free will? And how does the chetana fit in, given that it's both anatta and builds a kamma. So the role of free will, the role of will uh, in Buddhism, uh, free will, the principle of free will is there. And uh, if there was no free will, then there will not be the possibility to, uh, to improve uh, our life. There will not be the, the possibility to work towards, uh, uh, improve, towards uh, enlightenment or towards uh, uh, betterment. So uh, an aspect of free will uh, is there. So free will makes us decide between uh, with between uh, uh, good and bad, or between uh, well, it makes us decide, you know, between uh, awesome and unawesome. So in uh, Buddhism also there is the, the sense of destiny, it can be changed. So destiny is not something that, uh, that cannot be changed. And uh, there are two types of uh, examples that, uh, that, that, that can be given uh, towards that. Is that uh, like a, a bullet, you know, like in a rifle. So if you shoot the bullet, the, 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 
the bullet that is in, in, in lead or iron, very heavy, it is pushed by the, uh, by the powder. So this is very strong. It's very difficult to, uh, to stop that type of, uh, of kamma. It it's very difficult to stop that, uh, the direction of the bullet once it has been uh, sent away. But uh, actually, uh, if we compare that to, uh, you know, the, the beard on the, the pool, huh? how do you call that, you know, you, you on, the, on the, the big table with... Uh, pool cue. Huh? Yes, a pool cue. Yes, yeah, yes. Yes, so when you play pool, huh? so when you play pool, then the ball that is rolling on the soft uh, future, you know, then it's rolling. But also, uh, once you have shot your ball, then uh, there is also the possibility with another ball to shoot and then to encounter the first ball. So then the first ball will be going and then with the second ball you are hitting the first ball. So then you can make deviate, the, the, the you can make uh, uh, the Kama change. So with the Chitana it's also possible to influence the direction of, the, of our actions at a certain point. And also, if the person is very fast, then also he can go around the table and then just shoot in the <laughs> other direction and stop the ball completely with another ball. Huh? So that's it. And, uh, and then another simile will be, uh, okay, now is there a free will? Is there a free will? So actually, we find in life that uh, we find that there is no choice. Like uh, we are stuck. So uh, it seems that we, are, we have no choice because the, uh, we are so much conditioned by all kinds of things that, uh, that it seems that uh, there is no choice for us to do anything. But uh, there is the simile of, um, of a dog or an animal that is, uh, that is tied on a, on a post. Uh, so the animal is tied on a post uh, and then he has a leech on his neck and uh, uh, most of the people of the leash is very short, so they have no choice, they are slave to the post. They maybe have a few feet, no? so they just run around the post, and that's all they have for the, for the rest of their life. But uh, the more the person is able to develop uh, intelligence and wisdom and uh, meditation, then the more the lease is being extended. So still the freedom is not there. Uh, still the freedom is not there because the lease is there. But actually there is a more a wider field of, uh, of perspective. A wider, a wider uh, field of perspective. And in that, in, in that regard, uh, I like to say Socrates, you know, the Greek philosopher was saying that uh, the only choice we have in life is to choose our chains. So it's uh, maybe it's similar to that, you know. Like we are, we are always going with the leash, and then we have the possibility, nevertheless, to extend the lease. But at a certain point, when the lease is very wide, then there is the possibility to cut it, and this is done with the meditation. And uh, I thought, okay, now how to how to see it in the, in the sutta, you know? So 
Uh, in the same sutta that I was uh, trying to explain last time, you know, the Datu Vibhanga Sutta, we have, the, we have the, the, the principle explained a little bit. So you remember the, the, the Tokusati, he was, uh, he was, gi he was given uh, instructions by the Buddha, and then the Buddha uh, told him about the, f the four elements and the space element and then the consciousness element. So when he was dealing with the consciousness element, then uh, the Pukusati, uh, because his mind was uh, uh, having the, the fourth jhana, then already it was very powerful, it was already very pure. So the insight also that was arising supported that, that for, by that uh, fourth jhana consciousness was very deep. And at a certain point in, in, the, in the sutta, if you read it again, then you will see that uh, uh, he had the possibility to, from that state of equanimity. So there were two types of equanimity that are spoken about there in the sutta. So you have, you have the equanimity of the four jhana, but also you have the equanimity of the sankara upekka uh, jnana, on the knowledge of uh, equanimity about formations. So there, the, uh, the you know, the Pukusati, uh, he was reflecting Okay, now from that the fourth jhana, if I was to develop the base of uh, infinite space, then I could go, I could go there. But um, uh, then the, that equanimity, that equanimity of mind supported by that base clinging to it, will remain there for a long time because of the attachment to the attainment of the of the arupa jhana. And it is the same thing with the other uh, arupa, like the infinite consciousness, and then the, the, infin the, the nothingness, and the never, uh, neither uh, uh, perception nor non-perception. And then uh, reflecting on these uh, four uh, possibilities, then he said, no, these are conditions, states. And uh, then what he did is that uh, uh, he, they say there that uh, he thought he, he, what he did, he does not form any conditions or generates any volition tending towards being or non-being. And the volition here is uh, abhisankara, abhisankaruti, or no volition is na abhisankchit so the chitana is there and also the sankara is there. So he is not forming any new types of uh, uh, Sankara also the, the, the Chitana also is not uh, is not uh, active anymore because the Chitana also has the possibility to lead us like uh, uh, the Chitana related to the Kama is a Chitana that will lead us to uh, to the sensual field or to the uh, to the field of uh, uh, subtle material plane or the immaterial states of, uh, of consciousness uh, so, uh, when somebody has the choice at a certain point, then he can stop. You know, the the, the chitana that is uh, that has the power to uh, uh, that has the possibility to 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 result in uh, in future uh, being in in future uh, becoming bhava bhava. So there they say that uh, since uh, he is not uh, tending towards being nor non-being, then he does not cling. And not clinging, he is not agitated. And not being agitated, uh, he attains the Nibbana. 
So actually, the, the, the volition brings us, gives us the possibility at least to, to orient uh, our mind towards wholesomeness. And then the, the support of the wholesomeness that we develop uh, will help us to, to get more clarity regarding uh, our choice, re regarding the, the life, we, we, regarding the different possibilities that present uh, in front of us. And uh, this will give us also the possibility to get uh, more detached and uh, eventually to be free from that, uh, from that cycle of uh, always wanting to be and always wanting to do and uh, achieve things. So it's not, uh, although it's a paradox between uh, the principle of anatta, anatta actually means that uh, in the bottom, in the, in the depth of, uh, of phenomenon, then the, the, the self is not there. So I think uh, philosophers also could uh, extend the topic on a very wide area. And uh, I don't know if you have any comments to do on that. Yes, please. Could you um, expand on that paradox? Because I think that's the focus of the yes. questions. That is, so changing up is one of the changes of this and being just a process we mentioned. Yes, yes, <coughs> yes, yes, yes. <laughs> so the chitana, the will, is part, it's part of our process, the mental process, the will, the will is always there. So, uh, if the will, uh, I think I think I cannot really reply. I cannot uh, I cannot explain it in words. But I think that the more the mind gets clear, huh? so the mind has the possibility. So, given like the, we we can ask ourselves: Is there a choice, or we don't have a choice? Actually, there is a subtle choice. There is a subtle choice somewhere. Like we are not forced to be here, but we like to be here. But we like it because, because we are conditioned. So we are here because of conditions. We, we, so we have no choice. We get our job or we, we, we did many things, you know. So we have no choice, we have to be here. And then even if we want to go out, then even at the, man the manager will say, no, no, you, you apply for four months, you should stay here up to the end. <laughs> so that no choice, <laughs> it's a prison. But what made, <laughs> so what made us, you know, to, to be here? We had a choice. Nobody asked you to come here. You came by your, did you come because your mother asked you? <laughs> you came because you decided. You, I mean, we could have done so many other things. So somehow there was a choice. There was a choice. But people don't have choice because they, 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 they don't, uh, they, 
they, they don't have the possibility to put too much perspective. But the more we practice, the more we, we say, oh no, maybe I have a choice. And uh, the more we think that actually there is a, a little amount of choice, then the more uh, we can take responsibility for our actions. Otherwise, if there is no choice, then we say, no, I have no choice to, to, to kill the guy. <laughs> but, but there was a, you know, the, the, there is a, there is some possibility of changing the the situation with the, with our volition, but it's uh, the volition is also conditioned. So the more we see clear into the process, then the more also we see that the process is itself is not uh, is not a self. This is what is difficult to understand. The process is just like like if we, if there is a car, then we the, the the concept of a car is just a concept. So the car by itself is just an agglomeration of, of parts. It is just agglomeration of, uh, of things. So if there is no motor, then the, the, the car is not complete. If there is no wheels, the car is not complete. So what makes a car is a minimum of uh, aggregates that we say, now this is a car, and the car can go, with them, uh, it can go on, the, on the road. Hmm? So the car is a concept of, uh, of, uh, of a vehicle that is going on the road with the with some kind of uh, uh, energy. So the body or the uh, being is also uh, under these types of laws. So there are some laws that... Uh, yes, I'm not talking for the lawyers, but uh, there are some laws that, that put things, uh, you know, in a specific ways, like... So, so once the laws are... W once there is um, a pattern of... Um, of uh, conditions, then, uh, then this is what it is. But actually, uh, there, the, there is no, there is no self. Yes, maybe I could, I should read a little bit more, you know, and uh, come with uh, some uh, more detailed explanations. But uh, also, the, the idea of anatta is difficult to understand, like uh, intellectually or. Uh, we can grasp the, the basic concept, but uh, to realize it, uh, we, re, uh, we, we, reali reali we realize it in the, when we are uh, in meditation. So when we have a deep insight, then we can see that actually it is just an impersonal f a phenomenon. And we just see that the conditions are there, and, the, and then the causes also are there, that puts the, 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 the whole uh, structure, the whole thing together. So do you think there is a free will or there is no free will? And what is the free will to, to do uh, with the aspect of anatta? Do you have an idea about that? Yes, I think the topic can be discussed, you know. And uh, I think with whatever logic we adopt, then there is always the possibility to, to, to come to the conclusion that we don't have free will. Even Buddhist good thinkers, they say, no, there is no free will. But uh, the concept of Buddhism uh, 
agree that there is a free will. Otherwise, there is no pos there will be no possibility to uh, to uh, to get out of the uh, of the wheel. Here, a question is: Will you be able to elaborate on the twenty-four different modes of uh, of the pachaya? So. Uh, So in the Abhidhamma, there, there are some conditions, like last week I just uh, told briefly, and you know, uh, you know about the, the 12 conditions of the Paticca Samupada, the, the dependent or, or, or arising. So here is uh, uh, related to the 24 uh, modes of uh, conditions that are taught in the Abhidhamma, in the Patana especially. And uh, if you like, like it's really a long topic, and... Uh, it could be briefly explained, but not uh, not shorter than one or one and a half hour or something like that. So, if you are interested, you know, if you are interested, I can discuss. You know, I can uh, I can arrange some material. I will try not to make it too boring, but uh, I can give a presentation on these twenty-four conditions. So, would you be interested to? Huh? Huh? Yes. Yes. Uh, any disagreement? <laughs> <laughs> so maybe I will print the sheet, you know, just to give you the basic, and then we will uh, we will explain. We will go with them uh, in detail. Maybe not this weekend, but the, the following week. I think it's uh, I think it is very interesting just to just to see how we have been, uh, you know, systematizing and, and analyzing the uh, the whole process of, uh, of of conditionality. If I will sit together with a friend and we will have a prearranged to dana us back and forth, let's say the Sadhuji's book, the workings of Kamma, as the Dhamma dana is the highest dana, for the rest of our lives with a happy mind combined with wisdom every time we dana, will or could it fulfill our dana parami? Uh, no, the, I don't think so because uh, because the parami is uh, something that we are not expecting results out of that, and it's not based on the on a selfish motivation. So uh, the question of parami also could be dealt in details. If you are interested, maybe we will uh, speak about it uh, later. But here it will not fulfill the uh, the parami of dana. That's a very brief uh, answer. Let's imagine there is neither past and future lives, nor nibbana. Also, there is no heaven or hell to go to. It's only this life. Birth, a certain lifespan dead. What will be the sense of life, not only for us quite favored people, but also in general?
So the sense of life, or the meaning of life, or the aim of life, uh, it is different with, uh, with, uh, with all of us. We all have a sense of life that uh, we make up. We all have a meaning in life that uh, we are uh, putting together. So it's all different. It's all different. So it really depends on, on you. What will be the sense of your life without uh, without a future uh, life? But actually, I think that uh, if uh, our meaning in life is genuine and deep, then there will be. It will not be so important. Although it it can uh, bring a big deal of uh, consideration into the uh, image. Uh, the prospect of another life is not too much important. You know, I mean, here it, they say that, let, let's say that it doesn't exist or it, it's not there. So, uh, so the sense of life will be... Um, so we we will have uh, maybe just to the sense of life will be to survive huh? then another sense of life will be to procreate this is just the natural the bi biologic uh, uh, common sense that actually biology is uh, is uh, putting forward you know some modern theory like uh, some materialist or you know modern uh, theories they say that uh, the evolution is just a process of evolution of a species so just everything is going according to the molecules you know and uh, it's just biology that is adapting to the situations and uh, that is making uh, all kinds of species uh, adapt and then survive and then to improve in regard to the uh, to the environment but uh, they don't believe in, uh, in, in past life and the future life. They just say that life is just a biological process. So, uh, but still, there are some people who are believing in that type of uh, philosophy who have very good life. Because why? Because they put, they, they put some kind of meaning in their life. So they see that uh, although the life may not have uh, afterlife, still they, what they are doing with this life is, is important. So the quality they give to, to the life is, is, is the meaning that they make, they make out of it. So, uh, so sometimes we need to wake up or sometimes also, well, maybe the sense of life is just to, is just to sleep and to eat <laughs> or just to enjoy pleasure. So if it's enough for you, then then you just go like this. But the point is that uh, life is always going to remind us something uh, deeper than that. And this is why uh, meaning of life or aim of life has been uh, uh, created because uh, people faced uh, difficulties and then they say, wow, what is the meaning of, the, of, of this life? You know, if they get wiped out by the tsunami or if you know, the cyclone is just uh, take their, taking their house away or if death, uh, takes their relatives and dear ones uh, away, then they question themselves, what is the meaning of life? So at that time, uh, the meaning of life, because of uh, dif difficult challenge, is changing. 
Uh, so our perception of life is changing. So the more we are challenged, the more also refined our meaning of life becomes. And uh, eventually also with these types of uh, challenge, people adapted many types of theories regarding the cre creation by God or the life in heaven after, after the death and things like this. So people started to, uh, to think about, okay, now there, is, there must be something, you know, before or after uh, this life. But uh, most of it uh, came to be related to what we do with this life. So whatever we believe in regard to the next life, what is important is what we are doing with this one. And um, and then also what we want out of this life. So actually we will get what we are looking for. So uh, we will get also what we want. So we have to be uh, aware of, uh, okay, what do we want in this life? If we look at life in the way, okay, now, uh, not everybody will say that the sense of life or the meaning of life is to get happy. Many people will think, oh, now we are living, you know, to be happy. We get comfort to be happy. We get pleasure, which is good. Then sense pleasure just to enjoy. We get friends to enjoy. So some people will say that the meaning of life is to be happy. This is a... This is one possibility. But also if we think that the uh, meaning of life is to make the best use of it and then to be, to have the feeling of satisfaction. So the feeling of satisfaction will depend on the aim that we put to ourselves in regard to the life. So the feeling of satisfaction, if we can ask ourselves what makes us satisfied, what satisfies us, what makes us the more uh, the fulfilling, the more filling the, 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 this life, you know, the, the, the precious life which is there because it's going to end. So by thinking that it is limited, then we, 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 we can uh, put uh, forward the, pri the priority of uh, what, we, we, what we are aiming uh, with it, what we want to get out of it. So... Uh, so then it comes back to quality. Whatever we want to do, what we, whatever uh, meaning we give to, to the life, then uh, we will need to bring some quality to it. And also, like, just to say that uh, the aims, the aims or the meaning of life is uh, something relative, you know, there is a, there is a discourse uh, in the Angutara that speak about the aim, the aim of people, you may have read it, but uh, I will just quote a few uh, paragraphs, because some of them are uh, funny. So here they speak about the aims of people, so here, uh, 
The question is uh, about a, nobles per, a noble person. What is a noble's aim? What is his quest, his mainstay, his desire, and his ideal? The Buddha replies, Wealth, O Brahmin, is a noble's aim. His quest is for knowledge. His mainstay is power. His desire is to rule the earth. And his ideal is sovereignty. So I think this can be uh, classified as, a, as the sense of his life. And then another one is, is the what is the householder's aim? Wealth, O Brahmin, is the householder's aim. His quest is for knowledge. His mainstay is, is, is his craft. His desire is for work. And his ideal is to bring his work to an end. And uh, here, uh, I'm sure you will like it, they speak about a woman's aim. So listen carefully. A man, oh Brahmin, is a woman's aim. <laughs> so this was 2,500 years ago in India. Huh? And then uh, her quest is for adornments. <laughs> and in his, her mainstay is sons. Her desire is to be without a co-wife. And, <laughs> and her, her ideal is domination. <laughs> so the aims of a thief here is a robbery or Brahmin is a thief's aim. His quest is for a hiding place. His mainstay is weapons. His desire is darkness. And his ideal is not to be found out. And what is uh, the ascetic's aim? The Patience and purity, O Brahmin, are an ascetic's aim. His quest is for knowledge, his mainstay is virtue, his desire is to be unencumbered, and his ideal is Nibbana. So you see, it is very relative. So whatever is our aim, we have to make it ourselves. This is just, this is just to say that it can be different. But I think we all need to find a kind of value and then to make a best use of it. So this is all. <laughs>